Devlin and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, how's it going out there, everyone? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your beloved host, Sonny, here. And this time today, I'm along with a very special guest, a Northern Irish singer, songwriter, author, and an advocate for positive mental health, Janet Devlin. Uh, quite the honor. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, Janet, this has been quite the busy, I don't know, 18, 19 months for you from the release of your third studio album, Confessional, mm-hmm. to the follow-up EP, Versions of Better, uh, your debut autobiography, My Confessional, and then, which is a companion to that, to that album. And finally, your new single, mm-hmm. Place Called Home, which is the first single from your forthcoming EP, It's Not That Deep. Uh, phew, did I forget anything there? <laughs> it's like, no, that's that's this, that's it for the past 18 months. Yeah. And, you know, first things first, I just want to, you know, applaud you, Janet, on getting this far into your storied career and all the well-deserved recognition your music and your book have been getting so far. Shout out to the other publications like what uh, Musical MH, uh, Hot Press, Irish Times, who have praised your work. There's just plenty of amazing yeah. things to unravel about, you know, who you are and what exciting things you have coming up. But... Before we get to that, and beyond. I know, I know, I'm just so a lot. much smoke. There's a lot <laughs> of smoke being blown up me there, yeah. and I'm just like, ah. and and well deserved. You know, you're taking a walk in the park, you know, and you know, metaphorically and physically, you know. Now that there seems yeah. to finally kind of be a light at the end of this long tunnel we've been in, I can't help but ask, you know, how are you? Obviously, and how has the last, let's say, nine months? I would say, you know, nineteen months. Yeah. It's so much, but. Uh, what's life in the UK right now? I'm you, you're walking outside now, which probably you weren't yeah. able to do when all <laughs> I'm <this> started. Outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, things have been pretty crazy lately because I'm on tour. Um, this is right. my day off. Um, so I'm able to just kick back and the sun's out. So it's like the perfect, perfect day off. Um, you know, it's been great, but the yeah, it's been a, it's been tough though with the whole like lockdown trying to live like a regular human being whilst there's government laws and stuff that you can't do everything that you want to do um it was it was tough and I think it's it was tough for my mental health because of the fact that you know um you know I'm an addict who was a bedroom drinker uh being told to stay in their bedroom essentially um and that was that was a that was a hard time it was a hard time but we made it through we persevered and you know now I'm on the other side of it thank god and just being able to tour my music around the country. Yeah, and you know? what I and what I just listed on the introduction there. I mean, making the best of the situation is it's an easier set than done process. I feel like I'm saying that a lot lately, and it it's it, it's an important thing. But you know, before we get to just just so much about all that, I, I want to I also want to mention for anyone who doesn't know, you're from Gordon, Northern Ireland. Is that correct? Hopefully I'm not butchering. Yeah. Gorton. See, there we go. Now you got to see. So it's okay. Me as, as we're getting into this, um, it's because it's it's in Irish. Because Gorton means a uh, little field. So. Is it, so is it is it a small town where you're from, or is it? That's a village. It's a village in the middle wow, of nowhere. Okay. And you've been at you know music for you know uh, roughly ten years, maybe even a little bit more than that. I, I do want to talk yeah. about kind of like your upbringing, being from a village, you know, and like the music scene, like where you come from, because I know you grew up on bands like. I mean, Foo Fighters, what about Chili Peppers? Like all, yeah, like all of us yeah. did, you know, who that really inspired you. But what was the music scene like? How did you even get your foot in the door when it comes to that? If you could briefly, oh, you know, right. not like maybe step by step, but like briefly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, I started off playing Irish music. So like Keely Bands, 
and stuff like that. Like I played in my first Kili band at the age of like seven years old. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I played before I was seven. I think okay. I joined the Kili band when I was five and I got my first solo at seven. And and then I started playing fiddle because that was on Tim Whistle. So Tim Whistle was my start. I went into fiddle. Um, my singing didn't start until I was like 15 years old, 14 okay. or 15 years old. And that was because I started learning how to play drums. And um, I wanted to earn money for my drum kit. Uh, I wanted to be the drummer in an all-girl punk band, uh, which is obviously going really well for me right now. Love um, it. I'm, I'm smashing that. Uh, but basically, I was so shy. I just wanted to be in the background, but like know that I'm a fundamental member of the band, basically. Um, so literally, I started doing all these singing competitions. And uh, it ended up in my friend buying me a video camera and saying that I could only have the video camera if I posted videos to YouTube. So (laughs) I started on YouTube. My video started doing really well. I sent a video into X Factor as an audition, and I I just everything's changed from there, basically. And uh, both of my brothers are drummers, by the way. I come from a family of musicians, and uh, I I, I don't know if, if, you know, if violin counts, but I, I grew up playing the violin because I know you have the yeah. experience with the fiddle. The so. fiddle, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it's it's great to just see that. And and uh, I love that you mentioned YouTube because, you know, YouTube, like it's, we didn't know what it was back in what, 2004 to 2006. It was like, oh, what is this? We can watch videos yeah. for free. And not only that, but since that day, you mentioned, uh, or that time in your life when you started YouTube, mm-hmm. your fan base grew, which is another thing to see. And with your fan base, you mentioned how you just finished up and I know we're fast forwarding through time now, but you just finished up touring the UK and Ireland commemorating your album confessional, you know, tell me about that because, you know, leading up to stepping up onto that stage again, you know, two things, you know, (laughs) what was the anticipation like and what is it about, you know, performing live that, you know, Janet, that you love the most, or maybe even miss the most. Do you have a newfound appreciation now? Um, so I'm, maybe like not the best person to ask about playing live uh because i still get major stage fright i still like Mm. get quite uh panicky and i've just gotten better at hiding it so like luckily the audience don't know i'm I'm dying on the inside um but i i I do struggle i I still struggle a lot and so i think the thing i enjoy about the performing live is kind of like almost the adrenaline high you get from doing it whilst you're doing it which is kind of strange um but i think for me performing live mainly like the thing that i love the most about it isn't even necessarily the performing it's actually the meeting of people it's meeting everyone who wants to come out to the shows it gives me a chance to properly say thank you and thank you to someone's face you know for the support and the fact that they've actually come all the way out to watch a gig because that's surreal to me you know as someone who basically lives on the internet that um people would join me when i when i ventured to the internet you know it's 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 mind-boggling yeah it is it's is amazing to see and and i know you're where the subject is confession right i have a confession here's the thing i'm doing these interviews with so many amazing people i'm shy every single time i do it <laughs> yeah. it doesn't sound like it right but it, but mm-hmm. i do a good job like trying to hide it. i grew up being a shy person and it's just i relate to that so well and when you said that it's like wow okay somebody fe- i feel like if you uh, that's a good thing because if you didn't have that, I feel like you wouldn't care about your product as much. You wouldn't care about your craft as much. If you have that fear, you have that, not fear, I guess, just making sure you're doing a good job, making sure you're able to put yourself out there the way, the best way you can, the best version of yourself. And I think it's a good thing. It shows that you care, Janet. It's I love that. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, 
like I haven't been putting you uh, on the on the spot already. I'm going to quote you here. And I don't know where I got okay. this quote. So so please let me if I'm please let me know if I'm wrong, because you said, believe oh, no, it or not, I probably have yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. You're holding my life in your hands now. Yeah, I want to talk about this book because you are a big advocate for positive mental health, like I mentioned earlier. And it's something that you take to heart, Janet. You went through hell and back over the last 10 years <laughs> yeah. and and talked about your experiences from, you know, self-discovery to self-sabotage, you know, fighting those inner demons and addictions, which aren't easy subjects to discuss no. just out there in the open <laughs> and being a person myself, you know, who also deals with mental health, you know, knowing close peers of mine who also deal with it is just an inspira- yeah. inspiration seeing that what you've been doing and, and taking on something as tender and impactful just like this. And, you know, I want to translate this into your debut published book called My Confessional, your debut book. You know, yeah. I, it's crazy to think about this because I think about, you know, when did this idea first come to the surface for you? Like when you did, when you decided to write down and melt out your thoughts in a different manner, as opposed to songwriting, how did you know that this book was necessary? Loaded question, but just loaded. But I, I know when it was. I was like six months sober, and I was gonna have to write it all down anyway, because like I'm, 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 I am sober. I, I, I do AA and all that kind of stuff. And one of yeah. the things they make you do in AA is write down all the things that you did. And I was like, being the head that I have on me, it's like, well, I'm not just gonna do that for that. I want to like make it into my art shall we say like I, I want to use this experience because it's what motivates me obviously it is to make art and to create things so I had to motivate myself to write out all these bad things in whatever way I could and for me that's like how can I turn this into like another art project and that was it it was um me just sitting down and writing out not only the bad things that I'd done through alcoholism but the bad things that I've done to myself and to other people throughout my whole life and I basically just documented the whole thing yeah. in a book I, um, I, in the hopes that I could just put it behind me, you know? So, so I would think, you know, from pen to paper, it felt like a sense of closure for you now that you have sort of translated these experience and thoughts into a book, right? Yeah. Now that it's out there, but there was definitely a period of time where I was holding a copy of the book and no one else had read it. And it was just weird. Yeah. You just sit there with all your secrets just printed in a, in, a, in some pages <laughs> do, for but, no one having read it yet. And, and having said that, I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to just see all the reviews. I mean, people are, it's an, it's inspiring. I mentioned this earlier. It is inspiring because to see someone like you go through what you have and to see where you are now, it really shows how much work and dedication you put in yourself yeah. and to get to where you wanted to get, uh, you know, it's songwriting and then writing a book. What is the biggest, you know, here's the thing. I feel like you knew this question was coming. Like the biggest obstacle or difference you noticed from writing lyrics to writing a book? Like, was did it make it easier knowing that, hey, I have an album. I can now write about it or I have a book, uh, you know? I think what the only real difference is like the book could be like edited. You know, I would sit like my per editor. There was times where I was giving him like 80,000 word chapters <laughs> and he's like, yeah. What am I supposed to do with 80,000 words, Janet? And he would have to go in and condense it. Unfortunately, yeah. that was his job. Whereas when it comes to songwriting, I have to put my own big boy pants on and only try and write a good song because no one's going to come into my song and be like, hey, you need to fix that. That's not good. You have to get that right like the first time around with a, with a writer or like on your own or whatever, you know. Um, so it's like a totally different experience, really. 
but I find like I find both like I find both difficult like there's a lot of pressure sometimes when you're in a writing room to like write the best thing that you possibly can and then also there was a lot of pressure when writing the book that it was like oh this is the closest thing to the internal monologue that I have in my brain that people will ever get yeah so it's terrifying and terrifying but here you are with it you know i, I also <laughs> want to talk about you know where can people or the listeners out there uh buy this book and they go to your website you, oh yeah I, I know amazon has it yeah so amazon has it because book book shipping is quite expensive mm-hmm. and so if people don't want to pay the shipping if you have an amazon prime you can get the shipping for free which is amazing which, which i do um, and i did buy your book yeah. it's not here yet oh, I, I bought you. it earlier this week <laughs> Oh, it's Friday damn. here, so I'm waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna so hope I could show it during this interview, but it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> That's the best way I think for people to get it because you don't have to pay for postage. But yeah. if you buy it, say on JanetDevlin.com, which is obviously my website, um, they are signed those ones. So oh, I wish I would have uh, that. That's yeah. the difference. So it makes it well. It's me trying to like compensate for the fact that the postage is expensive because it is really expensive. Uh, to post books for some reason so and a very cool thing if, if people are still aren't sure please go check out the book reveal video that you do where you read an expert excerpt from every, oh, every yes. chapter of my confessional i love that you did that um that now, was my lockdown project <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, I, was that difficult to do it's like what do i read from here hmm like what I, honestly one chapter, was, the next chapter <laughs> sometimes there are times where it feels like i have to babysit myself or like be my own boss where i'm yeah. like right janet today you have to sit down and go through the book and every single chapter, you're going to pick out a bit of each chapter that you think is the best part to read. Like you just manually have to go and do these things and then, you know, <laughs> film the whole thing, which also I'm really, really, I'm notoriously bad at reading out loud. I'm awful. You did great. My, my brain goes faster than my mouth or my mouth goes faster than my brain. And I always mess up. So the amount of takes it took to get those, oh, ridiculous. So that's why it was like a lockdown project for me to get it done because I'm just not good at reading light light. <laughs> you knocked it out of the park with my confessional. I, I may, hopefully, if we could maybe even set the set the stage for you, you know, going forward and writing future books. You know, I know it was a lot to you know put to your thoughts on paper, but you did something unique mm-hmm. here, and and uh, it's just a great companion to the album confessional. Now we talk Thank about everything, you. you know, the music, right? We haven't gotten to the music yet because yeah, you know. Because uh, my mind's my my mind's racing right now. You know, a place called home, which is from your forthcoming EP. It's not that deep. Do you have a sp- specific release date set in stone yet, or no? Not just yet. Okay. Not just yet. And that that's okay because I'll, I I want to mention all this now. Just sit back and just listen to what I say <laughs> because this is follow up to last year's confessional for people who don't know. Because before we get into the core of place called home confessional. Um, this what that was just an impressive addition to your catalog, Janet. You know, from the genres you've covered, ranging from pop to folk to Celtic, like everything else in between. It also really pays homage to your Irish heritage and mm. confessional. Good lord, like what an album! You know, songs like the title track to uh, Saint of the Sinners to Honest Men to Sweet Sacred Friend, which is my favorite, uh, to Better Better Now, which that was a music video for the ages. This album went on to get you know. I think we're about a year removed from that album drop and and want, went yeah. on to get, you know, critical acclaim, you know, number six in the Indies charts. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, number three on the Indie uh, Breakers chart and it cracked the Billboard top 100. I know I'm building this up like nobody's business. Yeah, but, I know. but this is all such a big step for you. You know, knowing the success from Confessional, 
was there any sort of, you know, pressure you sensed at all when you sat down to write again for a whole new album or even just to follow up again? Uh, to follow up from confessional. Yeah. Cause now that um, you have an EP coming out. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Um, I've been doing like the, the first, the first release now from the new EP is, um, a song I wrote like four or five years ago, maybe even six years ago. Like it was, I, it's not a new song. It just never had a home. Yeah. Um, and that's why I literally made this not that DPP for whenever people ask me like, why do these songs sound so different? Or why, why are these things on the same record? And it's literally because it's not that deep. It's like, that's the whole point. It's not supposed to be serious. It just is what it is. And I feel like that was the best idea to go with after an album as serious as confessional. Like I'm in a not serious kind of mood at the moment, you know, Yeah. like I'm walking around with pink hair, you know, like <laughs> I, I'm just in it. It's not that deep kind of phase. So as for writing, like when I've been going into writing sessions, it's been like, right, do you want to write like a silly, goofy song that doesn't, that we can just write whatever comes first thing to our brain? Or do you want to write a country song? Because I'm working on a country album at the moment. You know, it's honest, which is also not that deep, you know, whenever you work on country music, um, which is great. So it's, it's probably been like the best way to write at the moment where it's just all no pressure you know yeah and i also want to mention johnny wright because he was your co uh he co-wrote the song with you and he's known yeah. for his work with foxes and fickle friends um and i mentioned those genres you crossed and blended in with confessional and the new song here you mentioned they had that driving <laughs> with the roof down vibe which yeah and i mentioned the weather in texas which driving with the roof down is probably not the best idea considering how hot it gets no but you know i got exactly that you know you you had these vintage guitar and drums it felt like a refreshing alternative and country vibe. And you mentioned the country, which, which adds another element to your compositions. So th that was my question. Like if it, if it was intentional to go this particular direction this time around, now that you have that song, mm -hmm. did, you, did you, did that song help you decide, you know what? I have this song that I wrote a few years back. Let's do, um, let's go this route, you know? Not necessarily. I've always known since I got into the music industry that I was going to end up in country um it was always my like end goal but like the thing i like about country music is that you know no one has an age you can be any age in country you can That's you true. know it doesn't matter <laughs> you're ageless whereas i feel like with the pop music you know it's it's kind of like not that you have a sell by date but like you know it, it's a young people's game i suppose the whole pop music world and i enjoyed my time in it i enjoyed making all the pop music that i have made but i, I but my end goal has always been country so, um, you know, after confessional, I'm just like, yeah, I think it's time now. Because I always said in my head, like at 25, I would go into country. Um, but then lockdown happened. So. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's also a metaphor, like a place called home. Like, like you found where you want to be now, you know? Yeah, and, always. Yeah. And uh, uh, I want to backtrack just for a bit because, because I know we're talking about the new song, but... Mm -hmm. You had a single that was, which you made a music video about. I, I can't help but talk about this better now. Uh, yes. you, had, you had, I mean, that was like a dream come true for you because it was, yep. it was shot in your hometown of uh, Gorshin. Yeah, Gorshin right? yeah. Yes. Gorshin. See, I got it. I'm close. Gorshin. <laughs> and then you also had, uh, it also had an element of, of horses, which symbolize, you know, reflection and escapism, power and grace. And you also had award-winning cinematographer, 
Sir Franz Pagot, yeah. and he's known for his work with Sleepy Hollow. I went to film school, so when I see I good cinematography, I loved seeing that music video. You also had director uh, Katya Ganfield. Hopefully, I'm saying mm-hmm. her name right. You even had local yeah. crews from Belfast and, and Gorshin who also helped out. And this is also yeah. funded by your dedicated and passionate fan base. I mean, what more can you tell me about this? Because it sounds it did it was a dream come true here for people who didn't see better now. I mean. I mean, I I watched that music video over and over and over and it was just, it was like a movie. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, it was like, you know, I used to be a competitive horse rider for years. And that's what I did before I did singing. And I remember having to make that decision one day, whether or not I was going to pursue my horse riding or pursue my music. Like it was a question my parents had to ask me because at the time I was, I had one day in a week to do my, my homework. I had like a Wednesday night because I was doing after school tuition. I was doing after school clubs. I was on the sports teams. I was doing my horse riding and then also trying to fit in my singing and then singing competitions as lo- alongside my horse riding competition. And my parents were just like, we don't like, we don't have the time. Like you mm-hmm. have to pick a thing. You have to focus on something. So I chose music, you know? And it was always, it was always like, it was hard to like leave behind the passion of mine that was horse riding and, that's why I feel like getting to do that music video was even more special to me because it just reminds me of my my youth, my childhood, like the freedom I had as a child because I always had a horse that I could just like go gallivanting off on. And it was just like a lovely, happy time. And especially where we filmed it because like that's where I would have taken my horses. You know, the scenes that we filmed in were places I would have tracked my ponies. And it was just like so nice to come back to where it all started at the end of a record that was documented in my life. You know, it just yeah. felt like a nice end of a cycle. I mean, you still, you can still horse ride, right? I mean, I still do. Yeah. I still do. Yeah. 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 I've picked it back up again. I, after lockdown. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. How but much I never, a... I never dropped it, but it was always, it's, it's an expensive old hobby and I'd never be able to own a horse for a while. You know, I think some people, have dreams of like growing up and having children and starting a family. Whereas I'm like, I want a miniature dash and, and a big horse. And yeah. like, that's and you my should goal. do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, like, that's always my goal. It's like to make music and to like own a horse is like my dream. So yeah, like, and, I'm and just working towards these little things that I like to enjoy. And I feel like better now is just a testament of everything we just talked about. I, I don't know how much of a nostalgic person are you? Were you able to, did you want to like go around your village and just like revisit places that, I don't know, when was the last time you were there before? Wow. like I've been here, there quite a few times, but there's, there's definitely places you can't really visit on foot that we managed to go to on the horses, you know, and mm-hmm. um, because it's like, you know, those glens I've been in those glens a million times but there was definitely places in the glens that I would only ever have taken my horses I never would have walked on foot so it was a bit of nostalgia that it was just back to like the good old days essentially yeah and then I'm, I'm sure like Sir France like was uh, uh was oh it my was, God. Did he, I mean he made it easy for you I I would assume it's like hey go did he did was it like source, source of direction like Hey, Janet, go over there. Like, you know, can you ride your horse around there? I'm going to get a shot this way. Was it, was it easy like that? It was simple like that. Or did you just, he was, he was great for like so many reasons. He's also great because he rides horses. Oh, perfect. So he was able to get some shots on horses. We had him on a horse with a camera at some Mm -hmm. times. And, um, it was great because it's like, he understands how 
the animal works you know um and it was it was kind of like as simple as you know go over there and ride from there you would tell me my points of where I'm supposed to go to like him and Katya obviously the director mm-hmm. work together um it's his job to make everything look beautiful it's Katya's job to tell me what where to go and where to be um and I had a I had a horse master as well called Alessandro um who because these horses were never really they're never ridden these are like carriage horses uh yeah. they hadn't been ridden in, in, in a while it meant that um they were spooked quite easily and so we had uh the horse master to get on them and run run the track once before i did it just in case the horse got scared yeah yeah and so it was it was all it was all perfect thankfully and uh yeah and the whole music video is perfect so everyone who hasn't seen it yet i mean better now is uh it, it really is a, a thing of beauty. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's out there. It's, it really is. Again, it's a representation of who you are. Another music video I want to mention just briefly is Big Wide World. I love the Forest Company. And oh, yeah. you did. <laughs> do, you still yes. ha- do you still have that beard? <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere. <laughs> it's in my like outfits box somewhere. And that, that was one of the movies I grew up with. And I'm like, this is genius. I'm so glad she did this. Did I watched it three times in rehab. That's why I was like, I have to make, I have to turn this into art somehow. The fact that this fucking rehab has made me watch this. I loved Forrest Gump. I loved it. No, I can't watch it ever again. You cannot Wait, watch not? Forrest Gump. You can't watch Forrest Gump three times in a row. You can't. I think I watched it twice like, in a row, but it was like on HBO one time and I was like sick yeah. one day and it was just, <laughs> Oh dude. It was I find like, myself uh, quoting that so much. I, I'm sure you quote it just randomly. And yeah. Like, yeah. Life is like a box of chocolates. And you know, <laughs> it was just, I yeah. love how you said, uh, uh, what is it? What did you say? I, I think I'm pretty tired. I think, I'll, I think I'll, I'm pretty tired. I think I'll go home now. It was so, so perfect. <laughs> so dude. another, another music video to, to check out for anyone who hasn't yet. Uh, we're gonna yeah, ask, definitely. Um, now, uh, something else I want to mention is uh, the production. In, in I know what confessional you work with producer Jonathan Cornby. Did you go mm-hmm. the same time, the, the same route this time around with uh, the new EP? Uh, no, I've got Graham Thief who's producing the EP. Okay, okay. Um, which he produced all my other stuff. Like he produced my first record. He produced all my EPs um so there's sure maybe there's... like a single here or there that he hasn't done but like apart from the confessional record he's the producer i use the most oh that's perfect and i'm sure that's a sense of comfortability in the studio for you knowing that you had someone like him working on the cp right oh dude he makes my voice sound so nice like <laughs> i love his work i'm such a fan of his work and you know between writing and structuring the songs in the production process janet i'm hoping you can shed some light on this because the lyricism within place called home i feel like we kind of briefly talk about it but you know this song is about really it's about feeling of wanting you know too much to find the home that everyone deserves but the lost feeling of trying to find it and i feel like at a at a, at a time like today you know i feel like it would relate to a lot of people and it's the same thing with confessional you know and i begin to think if there is something tangible like a theme to this upcoming ep or or isn't there just nope. No. That's the whole point. It's not that deep. That's the theme. So we're it, just, it just so we're barely just scratching the surface here with this new single. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's much more to come. Um, every I think every song that's going on the EP is its own thing. You know, okay, is its own piece of work, and like that's what's 
exciting about it. You know, after working on a project like Confessional, where everything has to be intertwined and tangible, like it's nice to not have to make everything make sense for once. Do you, you see, know, it's, it's yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, finish it's, just up. An yeah. it's just an opportunity just to be free, just to like do whatever I want. So would it be safe to say that you see this new EP, even confessional as these albums as snapshots of where you are in a certain time in your life, looking back? Uh, I think the EP in itself is pretty representative, represent, representative of where <laughs> I am in my life right now, where everything is, is not that deep. I'm doing, I do what I want for right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we have discussed about, you know, from your upbringings to, we didn't talk about this, the X factor appearance, you know, you know, to touring, Mm -hmm. you know, your relationship with your bandmates and beyond, you know, being an ambassador for mental health and your growing fan base, like I mentioned, while having three full length albums and an autobiography under your, you know, I think it's a decorated arsenal of, of material you have even your a recent what is it stage award that you got for female artist of the year oh yeah <laughs> that, I, I love that you had that you know uh, janet what is the most rewarding part for someone like you who is now at this point in their career at the same time uh, has been involved with so many other different you know aforementioned talented artists organizations people throughout mm-hmm. that timeline you've experienced so much already you know and, and even at a young age do you ever just stop for a moment and just <laughs> exhale well i think i think that's the most rewarding thing for me because i know some people have like all these accolades and things that they're really proud of and stuff and that's amazing for them but mine is literally the fact that i'm able to wake up every day and this is my job <laughs> yeah. like i get to make music and make content for my job and like that's enough for me like the fact that that's what i'm doing uh, amazing yeah you know what's also amazing is the fact that i was able to keep my composure while not being distracted by the amazing weather around you um <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned the x factor uh have you ever gone back and watched those clips of yourself performing no uh sometimes people make me like for the documentary i'm filming at the moment i was made watch mm. back my audition like but otherwise i don't watch it back because i was in such a bad place at the time like it wasn't yeah. because of the x factor no no just, like yeah. emotionally at, at that point in my life i was in a really rough spot like with my depression and all that kind of stuff um, so watching back those clips is as joyous as it is to watch young me like overcoming whatever I was overcoming at the time. It's really hard to watch because like part of me is like, oh, this feels like the Hunger Games. I don't like it. <laughs> hey, but you did it. And uh, uh, man, you have documentary. Look at that. You just adding on to I feel like it's yeah. <laughs> adding on to your legacy. It's a good thing. I love that you're doing this. And uh, it's here's the thing. I, I that's the last thing that I like to do, like go back and watch myself or hear myself talk. It's just, yeah, no yeah. Thing. <laughs> but no I mean, it, I, I think it really shows your growth from where you started to where you are now. Now, um, before I let you go, I, I think we have some time <laughs> for that that fun segment I wanted to talk about. I think you'll like it. So what are we going to do? Okay. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. I'm going to do something called the lightning round. <laughs> Uh, so what I'm gonna do? Yeah. I'm, what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna just say one or the other, and you just pick one. You, you okay. don't even have to think. You know, it's it's some of them are silly, some of them are kind of fun. All right, but okay, yeah. All right, Sweet. you ready? Okay, here we go. Yeah. Hopefully, I pull the I put a good list together here. Red or blue? Blue. Vegan or meat? Oh, vegan. I think. Coffee or tea? Coffee. 
Tinder or Bumble? Tinder. <laughs> Round or square? Rhyme. Irish food or American food? Ooh, Irish food. Okay, that, that's all right. Well, well, I'll ask you this again whenever you come to the States. <laughs> I'll say I love American food, but I, I only answer that question literally because I'm like, if I say anything but Irish, the Irish people will get mad at me. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Irish recipe real quick? Oh, I, do you know what? It's so stereotypical. And I sound like such a patty, but um, I love an Irish stew. Oh, just a class Irish stew with beef class. Amazing. That's and that's traditional. That's a good thing. It's traditional. That. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's like all the benefits of a soup, but like, oh, just <laughs> class. Yeah. I'm going to have to add that now. So see if I can find anything close to that here in Texas. Who knows? All right. <laughs> Hide and seek or running with scissors? Running with scissors. All right. And for anyone who doesn't know, I'm not talking about literally. <laughs> Is this an album? Yes. yes. Either the first two albums. Uh, heavy metal or rap? Heavy metal. Yes. Halloween or St. Patrick's Day? Halloween. <laughs> Red, Red Hot Chili Peppers or Foo Fighters? Uh, I'm going to have to say Foo Fighters after all the stuff that's come out about the chilies. Oh, uh, whoa. Okay. I'm going to have to look, up, look that up. Would yes. you Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Be able to talk to animals. Yeah, I was waiting. I was like, that has to kiss you. Obviously, your love for horses. All right. Yeah. All right. Last one. Interview under fire or other publication companies? <laughs> Interview under fire. <laughs> awesome. Well, I just, I uh, just turn around and say other publications. <laughs> uh, Janet, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for sharing your story. This has been a great. Um, um, I can't wait till we come to the States here. Hopefully we can do this again in person. You know, I miss, you know, doing yeah. interviews in person. Hopefully you can get a show booked here in Dallas or even in Austin for that matter. Um, Dude, I you, would love it. That'd yeah, be cool. it, it would be awesome. Uh, we'll stay in touch on the socials. I'll keep you posted once this episode airs. This has been one of my favorites I've ever done. Do you have any uh, last think. words? Just any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug or mention as, as far as uh, your new EP before yeah. you finish this off here? Yeah, just for people to go away and listen to my stuff would be sick. <laughs> new music video coming up, or even touring do you have another tour coming up soon before the end of the year not just yet not just nothing ready to announce yet all right any <laughs> questions any questions for me or about texas anything <laughs> i'll hit you up whenever i'm on my way to texas don't worry i'll send you a message you have to try texas barbecue if i will a... oh trust me i'm i'm game that's like, that's like the one thing I always tell all my guests. You, I mean, if you're going to come to Texas, but go bigger, go home, right? That's like you have. Yeah, to honestly, I would lose some weight before I went. So then I could just put it all on. <laughs> that, that's that sounds like the perfect plan. Everyone who's listening, this is Janet Devlin. Uh, please do do me a favor. Do us a favor. Uh, pick up her new album, Confessional. And if you can uh, check out my confessional, uh, her new EP. It's not that deep. It's coming out soon. Stay on the lookout. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Check out janadevlin.com. Check out everything about all who she is because it's uh, even though it's not that deep, there's a lot more than what's on the surface. All right. That's a good metaphor I'll put out there for you. <laughs> Janet, yeah. uh, stay safe out there. Have, have, a, have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great time with this EP. You know, you are doing something amazing out there in the UK and uh, keep riding those horses. All right. And will they? I will talk to you soon. Awesome. Cheers, dude. All right. Great talking to you. All right. You Bye-bye. too. Bye. Bye.
Crushing gravel beneath my boots I know I'm hard to handle And my temperament is fragile My excuse Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.